What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Luke Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and on this week's episode, my good friend Dan Evans from the Godfo Universe is back. He and I jump into a great conversation, uh, kind of bouncing all over the place. We talk about some games. We talk about some uh, just stuff all over the place. So it's a really good time. It's a good time. So before we get into it, a handful of announcements, some things I want to throw at you guys. Uh, first off, the Patreon is back. It is live. For those of you who decide to you know, continue to support on the Patreon, for those of you who continue to decide, or if this is your first time listening to Loot Bros, maybe you're new to the show and you're like, hey, you guys got a Patreon. I want to be a part of it. Um, nothing's changed. So I kind of went back and forth on just the nature and how I wanted to do things for the Patreon. The tiers haven't changed. There's a $1 tier, $5, $10, $25. All the tiers are the same. The only thing that really changed is the format in which I'm doing the shows. So the first episode that is available right now for the month of December is a what used to be the Super Loot Bros podcast, which ended up just becoming the Resident Daryl podcast because I did it by myself every month. It's back. And so, and I do my predictions for the game awards. So, this episode that you're going to hear uh, today is going to be me and Dan. We actually recorded this a few weeks ago, had to do some shuffling on the release schedule. So, some of the things we talk about might not, might have already happened. Maybe we spoke into the future and we announced some things that were going to happen and then they did. Maybe we allude to some things. Maybe we think we're all going to die before the episode drops. And in fact, here we are, still here. So, so yes, we recorded this two weeks ago. So this conversation uh, will be will still be good. Everything in there should be good and evergreen and fun. Uh, but the uh, Patreon special, the exclusive, the the Game Awards prediction show is up now. It's twofold. It's, it, the episode is kind of split into two parts. So I do give my predictions on the Game Awards, and the Game Awards have already happened, so you can kind of see how I did, and I will adhere to the old uh, punishment rules. So whenever we record the next episode, which should be, if everything works out right, uh, me and JP, Joe Priestley, Mr. Team NT84, getting back together to record this next episode, uh, we will announce the kind of the punishment and what has to happen with that one. So, uh, half of the episode is Game Wars. The other half is a farewell to Jimmy Ryan. So there was during the Game Wars, there was a farewell party, or or the week of the Game Awards. It wasn't the exact time of the Game Awards. It was a farewell party uh, for our good old worldwide franchise, Jimmy Ryan, he who makes us whole, as he has continued to serve PlayStation faithfully all the way up until the new regime takes over next year. And so I did want to dispel some of the rumors that people were saying that, that he was getting canned. He was being forced to retire. You don't have a retirement party and you don't get celebrated. You don't get custom PS5s made and cookies with your face on it saying, thank you, Jim, for making this the most profitable time in PlayStation history if you're fired. I'm just sorry, guys. I hate to break it to you. That's not how it works. So Jimmy Ryan's getting some love, and I have uh, a little segment dedicated to Jimmy Ryan. It's fun. It's a fun time. So I uh, just want to throw that out there, guys. The Patreon is back up. If you are interested, please go, uh, go forth and enjoy. So. Uh, for those of you guys who are just curious kind of how Patreon works, let me move my microphone real fast. 
I think I need to adjust it. It's kind of slowly falling as I talk. Uh, so Patreon is where we do extra content. There are multiple tiers. There's a $1 tier where you get an extra episode, uh, sometimes two or three episodes, of any of the content that I create create here on the Loot Bros. Uh, so there's an e- a special episode, usually an hour topical episode. Uh, then there's the $5 tier, which is our deep dive. And so what I'll do is I'll do reviews. A lot of times the things that I'm pledged to play, or in this case pledged to watch, are on the deep dive tier. So uh, the next deep dive going live, which will be recorded this week, is going to be uh, Godzilla Minus One. Really, really excited to talk with my buddy Josh Adams about Godzilla Minus One. If you guys are thinking about it, maybe you just heard, maybe you didn't realize that Godzilla Minus One was the thing that's in the theaters right now. Uh, Go see it. Go see it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say the rest for the deep dive. So, yes, that deep dive will be going live this week. Super excited about that one. Uh, then there is the producer tier where each and every week as we celebrate, whether it's on Patreon, whether it's off Patreon, uh, we always crack a toast to our Patreon producers, those of you guys who support us. And, then of course, you get all the tiers before that. And then the $25 tier is still the pledge tier. I will be taking the pledges. Uh, this time it's just me. I ended up doing the majority of of them anyways, uh, so I think it's you know it's a fun time you know, and I don't expect everyone to rush out and pledge. So it, it exists if you want to participate. If not, that is all good. Every single episode that I drop each and every week on the main feed also goes to Patreon. So. If you're one of those people who's like, I don't want to do the Patreon because then I'm going to have a Patreon feed and then I'm going to have to figure this out. It uh, It's all can be published anywhere you listen to your podcast and Spotify now allows Patreon integration. So if you want to head to the Patreon, you want to get on at the dollar tier to get the extra episodes each and every month, you can have it plug right into your Spotify and nothing changes for you. Because it seems like Spotify is the dominant place where people are listening to the Loot Bros podcast now. So... Uh, you can also plug into your Apple Podcasts. I'm still old school. I still do Apple Podcasts for the majority of the things that I listen to, and all of my Patreon content that I pay for goes to my Apple Podcasts. That's the way I have it routed. So, also I want to give a couple shout outs real quick and some and, and maybe a little bit of a little bit of plugs. If any of you guys are interested, I have recently been on a little bit of a podcast tour, as I have announced that the Loot Bros has returned. And I was on the Hunter Houston ESG podcast. Those of you guys who listened last week or before, maybe you heard I had some choice words for old Hunter Houston's podcast network. They uh, do the Wrestling Tornado. Uh, listen here, Wrestling Tornado. I heard what you had to say. All right. And I appreciate you you treading lightly on your response, but I will not stand down. As a matter of fact, I will double down on the fact that, you know, someone wrote into your show, and this wasn't Resident Daryl. Someone wrote into your show. Someone sent you a little email, gave you a little type up, and they said you guys were kissing on CM Punk's butt, and you were. You were. And I don't I don't want to hear this Jim Cornette hogwash. Oh, I'm here for the book. I'm here for the money. No, sir, we are there for the entertainment. And I do understand that a controversial crybaby like CM Punk, does generate dollars. You know why? It's like a train wreck. You can't look away from it. It's like reality TV. You really think reality TV would exist if it didn't make money? No, it makes a ton of money. That's the problem. The problem is it exists. And the problem is that CM Punk exists. So I got a problem with you guys smooching up to CM Puke. All right? So I'm going to leave it there and let you know. I I'm, I I don't agree. You weren't looking at this as a Jim Cornette booker. You're trying to cover your behinds. You guys are marks. You're CM Punk marks. And for that, I'm not mad. 
I'm just disappointed. I was also a guest on the PlayStation Ain't Dead podcast. That's right. Our good friend Will, former podcast host of the Loot Bros, he went on to uh, bigger, better things, greener pastures, you know, or worse things with, uh, you know, no grass at all. Who knows? I don't know. But I was on episode eight of the PlayStation Ain't Dead podcast. Their highest rated episode yet, the best episode they will ever make. It's the best episode there is, the best episode there was, and the best episode of the PlayStation Ain't Dead podcast there ever will be. So do with that what you will. I was also a guest on the Channel 3 podcast. I want to give a shout out to Ray and Dan for having me on. I got nothing negative to say to you guys. As a matter of fact, I want everyone to go listen to Channel 3. Channel 3, they're good boys. They do good things over there. And I do apologize for making you know that episode so amazing. As a matter of fact... I'm going to throw some more stats at you guys, Loot Bros listeners. The Channel 3 podcast episode that I was on, I believe it's either episode 49 or episode 50. If it's episode 50, it's it's rightfully so. It's a monumental episode for them. If it's episode 49, is the primer for the episode, you know, making, you know that, making it greater than it could have been. But I also set the record for the longest, most entertaining episode on Channel 3 history. So you guys do with that what you will. Go check out and show some love to our boys over at Channel 3. Uh, I was also on the Trophy Horse Patreon. That's right, myself and Sir Starscream, the Maticon, we got together and we uh, we basically you know carried the weight for Tricky Mick and we did a Game Awards Proven Gamer Style Game Rewards episode where we all got together. We kind of talked about everything in depth, really broken down. That is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, only available on their Patreon. So now I don't remember what they decided. If that was going to be a free episode, go to the Patreon and listen to it there. Maybe they get you hooked. Or if that's at their $1 tier. But it is there. It has been blessed. I have showed up. I showed out. And I made it great. So, guys, I've been on a little tear, a little tour of the podcast. I will continue to do that. I'm going to go around and meet up with each and all of my friends, make their episodes great, and come back here on the Loot Bros and do our thing. So, with that being said, I'm going to stop right there. That's all the housekeeping you can stand. Go check out the Patreon. Go check out these other shows. Go check out Spotify. Some new old Loot Bros. Not Loot Bros. Ninja Loot. It, I mean, we were the original loot bros, the original ninja loot bros. See, I did that. Uh, so it's it's there, guys. Go enjoy it. Now I'm going to cut over into our conversation between myself and my good friend Dan Evans. We'll catch you guys next week. We appreciate it. And if I don't say it at the end of the show, I want to go ahead and say it now. Just remember, anime is for pervs. Gotti, <laughs> Gotti. <laughs> And just when you thought I was cutting over to the episode and I was done with housekeeping, I came back because I got them. Hey, guys, one more thing. We did drop a new episode, a new video on the Resident Daryl YouTube channel. Guys, this is our technically it's our 500 subscriber celebration. Uh, We also do a count on all of the copies of Connect Adventures we picked up for the Crusade. Now, it's other pickups. It's not just Connect Adventures, even though Connect Adventures is probably the most exciting thing any of you will watch on YouTube this week. But no, we have a, a bunch of pickups, some great stuff that we got, and uh, would like for you guys to go check it out. President Daryl on YouTube. Go check it out.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lee Brush Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and today I'm joined by my good buddy from some sort of uh, a prison, some sort of internment camp. I mean, you look like you might be hiding out in a bunker somewhere waiting for nuclear fallout. It is. Dan it, Evans, how you doing, brother? Well, it is. I am at work, so it's all of those things. <laughs> 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 that's so funny yeah well hey i'm glad you're here man i'm glad we we're able to do this not just once but twice in a row man i hope we can make this a habit this would be a habit i'd like to have oh yeah it's fine with me man i just enjoy talking about things and like so many people talk about different things but you can get where you can like predict their opinions so mm-hmm. it's like i'd rather do something more interesting <laughs> It's like uh, that old Roddy Piper quote, just when you thought you had the answer, I changed the question. (laughs) (laughs) I I was messaging you after we recorded last week. I'd edited it, and I'd send it out into the internets to be consumed. And I was listening listening to a podcast in my feed, and I subscribed to my own show. And every now and again, I'll jump in just to make sure things sounded good. You know, uh, maybe I like the sound of my voice. I don't know. Uh, but I was listening back to this show. just kind of played right into it. And I was like, eh, I'll listen to this. I remember us having a good time. And I listened back to the episode, and I was laughing hysterically. Like, <laughs> at the bull crap we were talking about. And that's when I messaged you. I was like, dude, every time we get together, it is fun. It is a good time. So I am super, super stoked to do this again. So, Dan, I know you are going to be working under some time crunches today. Uh, clearly, you know, you are in a, in a hole somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I will not keep you too long, but I got a handful of segments I want to run today. And today is special that could lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. So that's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, he's not with her because he is hiding from her. (laughs) He is actually found where her backup server was with all of her (laughs) classified emails that she stores. (laughs) All 6,000 or however many. Hey, uh, for the record, if either one of us magically disappear in the next, uh, you know, 30 days, neither one of us uh, are going to suicide ourselves. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to off myself in mine, Minecraft or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's always crazy when you see somebody post online. And just in case I disappear, I did not and do not. Man, that's want what, to that's what that McAfee dude did. And then like he was yeah. gone like, <laughs> like the next two weeks. He was just gone. And I was going to be laughing at that, but it's like, and wasn't there some like some guy that was like a little guy that he was on like the Cayman Islands or something, and he said that he was like the FBI is coming after me, and then he just he's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was freaking wild, man. Uh, it's so funny. I um, I had never heard of Alex Jones before. Oh, you're missing out. And then, uh, <laughs> and I the when I did hear about him was a friend of mine and I. We were listening. We listened to podcasts at work. When we worked together, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Dude, you ever heard of Alex Jones?" And I was like, "Ah, the name sounds familiar, but I've never really listened to his stuff." Why? Wow, what's up, dude? He's like broadcasting live right now, and he's at the <laughs> FBI. He's like following him. And he has information on Hillary Clinton and all this stuff. And I was like, "Really? That's wild." <laughs> I like how you went to your Randy Savage voice for the really. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was, I was really involved. I was like, oh, he's got information on Hillary Clinton. He might. This is crazy. I can keep me updated. My fa- <laughs> my favorite Alex Jones uh, meme is that a friend of mine dated a girl named Alex Jones, <laughs> and, and we gave him so much hell. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Because it's like on Facebook, it's like in a relationship with Alex Jones. People are like what? <laughs> 
Bro, I will send you a, a reel. Um, it's a Godzilla and King Kong reel, mm-hmm. uh, but it's Alex Jones. <laughs> it's like, King Kong, I'm just trying to find a new home, and Godzilla, and it's like, King, and it's like Alex Jones is Godzilla. And yeah. It's like, listen here, you GDMF, I'm going to beat your F and A. <laughs> There's a, there's a video of him singing Mother by Danzig, and it's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great. It's so funny. Like, out of context, Alex Jones is seriously some of the funniest crap in the entire world. Like, it is. I follow an Alex Jones meme page, yeah. and it's constant that's gold. Just called, that's just producing. called InfoWars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's how he beats the system. Every time they ban him off of a platform, he just creates a meme page of himself. That's it. <laughs> and he's getting his he's getting his message across. That's man. That's a whole. I'm thing. a meat eating, red blooded American. <laughs> Hillary Clinton smells like sulfur. <laughs> yeah. Somebody made his quotes into an indie song. <laughs> yes. uh, the blood sucking vampires. <laughs> uh, oh so my what, gosh! So yeah, what topics did you have, man? So I got a couple things. Obviously, today is a super important today. Today is the launch of your Indiegogo for the Godfo uh, book. So I wanted to kind of start things off. I know last week we went all over the universe and back about all kinds of crazy things, and then we got to Godfo. I want to start off and let you have some time to kind of talk about Godfo, the Indiegogo stuff, if there's anything we need to know, and then um, then we're going to get into the, the whatever else. <laughs> All right, well, I'll send you the link. I think I put it in the Luke Bros Podcast Facebook group. I don't know if I put it in the Discord yet. Um, but it's 175 pages or more. Uh, it's black and white, kind of like an American manga, but better than that term would imply. Because it's, jo- it's Josh <laughs> Adams doing the art. And I'm sure your your crowd is familiar with Josh. He's a brilliant oh, yeah. artist. Um, it It's a awesome. It's an awesome work, man. I'm really proud of it. I think I couldn't be more proud of a debut um, piece of work than I am of it. It's a cohesive six-chapter story. Uh, each chapter kind of follows the perspective of an individual member of the group, the, and the group consists of uh, augments that were that were freed by another augment. And an augment is someone in our world. Uh, there's something called Empira metal. It's an alien metal that landed on Earth, and a group of elites uh, that control the world or are trying to control the world use it to experiment on people, and they're trying to create their own god, basically. They're trying to create a person slash machine that can broadcast their message, their their will across the world and, and bring forth a uh, one-world order, a new world order. So, t- you know, totally based in not reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like an Alex Jones episode all day yeah. long. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to Hillary start. Hillary Clinton, she got a pyramid. I'm telling you, she's trying to build her own god. And she's going to cough until I'm coughing full of blood. And they're going to have sex. And there's giant democratic vampire orgies. <laughs> Sorry, I already didn't say that. that that's, yeah, I'm sure you did. I probably could convince him it's real. That's what's funny. But So <laughs> it starts with um, Zero, who was one of the main prime candidates for the God Project. He's been implemented and augmented with an impyramidal head and brain. He frees the other augments, and they have different powers. One of them has a spine. He can channel electricity. One of them is a big guy, and his arms have been replaced. So he can his arms are metal, and they can bend and take different shapes and stuff. Um, and it follows them as they escape from the Order's control, which that's the name of the elite group, the Order. And they start training, and they kind of are hiding out in a secret base. 
until um, a conflict ensues. And the last three chapters are all of that conflict. It's, I mean, it's it's a, we we really like to take our time with action scenes because one of our biggest complaints about modern comics is like it's like a page or two of action, and and then nothing and just a lot of talking. There's a lot of modern comics. There's a lot of talking, and it's not even internal dialogue. It's it's people talking. Like I can, I can read an internal monologue. I can read somebody's thoughts. I mean, that's what Alan Moore and Frank Miller like made super popular. You know, especially Frank Miller with the noir kind of yep. detective style. So we try to do a nice mixed bag of things, and it's a, it's an experimental comic. It's more along the lines of an indie thing, such as like Kabuki or um, Grendel. If anybody remembers those, I'm I'm, I'm a big Cerebus fan. I'm, we don't go off as says. <laughs> esoteric as Dave Simpson. We're not writing giant paragraphs of our ideology like, like that guy did. But <laughs> I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's it's not a, a cape book. And that's and we didn't want to do we didn't do want to do a cape book. And I think I'm kind of I'm kind of fed up with cape books and I would love to do one later but not right now. But it, what really sets us apart in the indie scene is it seems like people really want to try to try to be Todd McFarlane or they're trying to trying to be manga so we're not manga if anything josh's art the only manga is, is really inspired by is kind of like akira that kind of stuff like 80s and 90s but you can look at yourself like go to the indiegogo you can see the trailer uh, we did a, a character bio page for each character and it's a really good adventure and it's going to be multiple volumes long this one is volume one live not by lies and it it addresses basically a lot of what's happening in our own world and of course, it's it's kind of like 1984 and 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 our world met X Men. All of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't mind spoilers. I mean, I'll if we want to go into spoilers, that's fine with me. I mean, I was going to send you a full copy to review anyway. Um, uh, that would be. I would love to review it. I would yeah. also. I'm going to be signing up and purchasing it for sure. Um, don't spoil it for me. I am. Right. I want to come into this as a fan. I want to come into this as a, like, what you said is plenty. I mean, you yeah. you sold me with you know all that well, stuff. And, well, so. I hope so. This is what we were originally wanted to release. We had some disagreements with our publisher who wanted us to do an Ashcan. That Ashcan is still for purchase as an add-on, but we really wanted to do drop this big hundred, like almost two hundred page, graphic novel on people. And I don't know we. Everyone, if anyone is into indie comics, it's all or in the comics now. It's all I'm, t I'm getting tired of hearing about manga. I love manga. I love anime, but I'm getting tired of comic creators complaining that manga is eating our lunch. We need to go to the manga model. It's like manga model works great for manga. Mm -hmm. There are tons of people that want to read comic books, and we want to do graphic novels. And I don't know. It's like if you want to restore glory to something, you don't run from it. Like I, I, we can get on, I don't mean to get off on topic, but to me, it's like the 80s and 90s had these wonderful indie comics. Like I said, Grendel, Kabuki, um, Cerebus, and other things like that. Bone was even a really great run, even though it was kind of short. And and then it just kind of stopped. And it wasn't indie. It wasn't Image that did that. Image kind of took the Marvel DC method and made it extreme. Literally, that was their selling point. Extreme it was like Marvel on steroids. But no one ever really took indie on steroids, and no one really pushed it as far as it can go i don't feel like and to me that's a shame and it's like you can run make manga it's like that's great but you you can kind of tell when a non like asian company makes manga you know what i mean you can feel that it's not the same 
And, and I'm talking to you, Daryl. You don't you don't give a flip about anime. <laughs> but, oh man, my my tagline, my moniker uh, is anime is for purrs. So like, it has been it's so funny because I've said a lot of stuff over the years, and I've podcasted for years and years and years, and been on all these shows, and I've guested on all these shows, and I've always joked that the things that I say that are of substance, you know what I'm saying, like maybe. You, especially when it comes to like my religious values, my Christian values, it, you know, my um, good old American values, all that stuff. And none of that sticks. But I say something outlandish and stupid, and it's just like, boom, that was the one. And I make a th- I throwaway line about how anime is for pervs. And I was on one of my little wrestling style rants on a podcast one day. And then I get a graphic, someone makes a. A, a, a meme and it's like an American flag some anime chick and it says animes for pervs with the little dash resident Daryl underneath it and I'm like the f- that's the it that's amazing so well, that, you, that you, just, you just discovered the Alex Jones method though like you just say those <laughs> things <laughs> that gets everyone's attention yeah. and just slide in the uh, important stuff but I say all that to say this is I don't have a background in anime. I don't, uh, I never found an anime property that I loved. And I've even, it's even been a challenge in the community to be like, you know, just send me something that's like, this is the anime. This is the one anime to rule them all. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, you know, the, and it's like, send me something that maybe I'll buy it into. And now that's not to say I haven't enjoyed some things, but for the most part, as a general whole, it's just not for me. I'm not a big manga guy. I bought Resident Evil manga. But it's not for me. That doesn't mean it can't exist or it can't be good. But like I have, you know, I make my jokes and I I say my pieces or whatever. I got my little taglines. And uh, I look at the art style and what you guys are going for and the things that I've seen, the stuff that's been printed and the stuff that hasn't been printed. I think it's awesome, dude. And I think that, um, as a matter of fact, years ago before Godfo was even like a thing, I don't, I'm sure you guys have called that for forever, but before we all knew, uh, I created a uh, a place in the Loot Bros Discord for Josh Adams art, and he was putting Kolga like art in there, things that he was kind of working on, and and I've always thought I was like, man, this is this is such a blend of the art styles, you know what I'm saying? The American style, you know, that he's got he's got it, it, everything he does is amazing and it's very unique to him and i think it's but to me i see oh there's a little bit of jim lee influence there's a little bit of Todd mcfarlane influence there's some obvious anime influence and there's and he it just i don't know he's got his own take on things and i think it looks great and the work that he's done and the work he's done for the loot bros I mean, and ninja loot my band and it's like he's so diverse and it's so he it just i don't know the stuff is just cool it's just cool i like it and so i've been a fan um since day one and then you know kind of i'm anticipating it all coming together because i i I, one thing is we've talked a lot but i haven't got to read a lot of your writing (laughs) so you know i already know know the the art's gonna be good so now it's like all right well does the writing measure up (laughs) i I would assume if it didn't josh wouldn't have worked with me (laughs) okay because josh fair enough because he's josh actually reads more than i do (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll actually I'll throw you a curveball. He's he's done work with me. That doesn't say much there, Dan. <laughs> he might have a uh, 
He might have uh, an, 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 an affliction and it's working with <laughs> subpar <laughs> character. I don't know. Just kidding. Perhaps. So I don't know. I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to, to read it. And uh, I will be, we'll you know, a copy saying, next week. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be a big old cheerleader for you guys. So, no, and I'll, of course, be supporting the Indiegogo as well. Thank you. And anybody else listening, I would. It's a bold claim, but I mean, I want to tell you, you won't be, you won't be disappointed, especially if you want something different in comics. If you are tired of the mainstream, like we're not going to be like a lot of guys on YouTube that are like buy our stuff to own Marvel and DC. Like, no, it's just better. This because there's a lot of those guys saying that that can't deliver better, and that's happening right now. <laughs> our stuff is better than that. It might be a little different. You're not going to get Spider Man. You're not going to get Superman. Those stories have been told. If you want to read the best one of those, best ones of those, you can go read Craven's Last Hunt. You can go read Dark Knight Returns. Those are great. People are either we don't de- we're not deconstructing anything. We're trying to make something new. Nice, yeah. nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. So I want to pivot from there. Okay, so we've put it out there. Godfo, Indiegogo, Let's Go, all the all those. <laughs> Uh, and then now I've got a couple segments that I'm going to be, uh, we we're, we're going to work our way through. Now I didn't give you this up front. I didn't give yeah. you time to prepare. So I don't expect you to physically have anything for some of this. You want the Alex Jones uh, but, answer? And say what? You want the Alex Jones answers? <laughs> I just want you to just rip your shirt off and start going, ah! no one, no one wants that. No one wants that. <laughs> Same here. Um, but, uh, I, I, the couple of segments that I have done on individual, like solo uh, episodes that I've done together, I'm kind of bringing in, and I want to incorporate them. Maybe not every week, you know. Like last week, you and I just talked for an hour, and I was like, "How did the time even pass that fast?" So today, I want to be a little more structured, but you know, we'll see where it takes us. Now, I want to start with recommendations. Now, I have been consuming a bunch of different stuff lately, right? Not drugs, not yet. But I've been, I've been like, while I'm working, I've been, I've had a bunch of horror movies on and uh, I've been listening to a bunch of different bands and stuff. And I've come across some stuff recently that just was really, really good. And I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you know, each time I have a guest on, uh, you know, long-term guest, co-host, whatever, um, I would like to know kind of what you're into. So, uh, what have you like? What are some recommendations you have uh, just for entertainment, whether it be movies, shows, music, comics that you're reading? Like, what are you into? What are you consuming right now, Dan? Well, the main thing this sounds super nerdy and pretentious. The main things I'm consuming right now are books because I have not been able to read for about a year, year and a half because I've been writing so much. And I'm sure some Stephen King guy will get on me and be like, if you have time to write, you have time to read. Well, okay, Stephen King was doing blow and was a millionaire. So <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't do either of those there things. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been reading, I mean, you want to talk about Alex Jones stuff, I've been reading like, you know, heavy, heavy stuff like that. I've been reading like The Psychology of uh, Mind Control by, uh, I think it was Robert Lifton. He, he, he kind of coined the Japanese phrase of brainwashing, or sorry, Chinese phrase. Because the term brainwashing came from Chinese communists, like that's an act that they thought they could wash the brain of evil. So I've been reading that. I've been reading um, some stuff by James Lindsay. I read his book Counter Wokecraft. I've been reading um, 1984 because we're doing a book club on that. I've been reading because uh, I read like three or four novels at a time. And uh, uh, the Prince by Machiavelli. I bought. I bought a. 
what's it called principles and dogma which is like the big masonic text from like the 1800s to kind of go into i mean it's like 800 pages and it's all crap Jeez. but it's it's to get an idea you know for this kind of ins- inspiration and stuff because like, i'm gonna be honest man, I, you talk about horror movies i love being scared and like what what's kind of freaked me out is the stuff people will believe and then the stuff they'll write books about <laughs> like that's that's scary Heck stuff yeah. um I've been reading some political theory by a, a guy called Curtis Yarvin. I don't agree with it, but it's the way he presented his ideas. He kind of coined the phrase the cathedral that people use to describe basically our media and economic and political system all kind of working together somehow magically all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of that, I, I just got terms from, and I put it into our own work, but it's a mainly novels, uh, I bought some old, you're going to laugh, I bought some, some older anime off eBay. I did a, a Helsing, which I already love that one. I've seen that one before. I bought Wolf's Rain. I can't recommend, if you, if you guys are into anime, I know you're not, man. But if you are, Wolf's Rain, if you haven't watched it, is terrific. Um, Blue Gender, that one. I've been trying to watch that one. TV shows, <laughs> I'm not into it as much. My wife and I started watching the Julia Child show on HBO. It's like a documentary on her life, but just like um, we've watched that in Marvelous Miss Maisel, and if, of course, every man in, in both of those shows is stupid or ineffectual. <laughs> yeah. And I just had to tell her, I like, so I was like, I, I, look, this doesn't hurt me. It just like it hurts that like I have a son that's going to grow up in this world, <laughs> dude. You know what though? Like th- that is something. <clears throat> We're in a phase right now, and we've been in a phase for several years where we're growing and stretching out um, acceptability when it comes to sexuality. You know, like it's gone through a lot of phases since in the past, not even 10 years. Okay. And one thing that is like annoying, and I've said this on the show a lot, is. Whatever angle you're trying to push, it's like, oh, here's, here's, here's giant wave the lights and flags. Like, look, we're, we're talking about sex stuff. Here we go. This is the sex stuff part. And like in the eighties, it was like titties. It was new. It was just like, here's the, here's the naked part. (laughs) Here's the, Hey, look guys, boobies. And it's just, and I, the, I I draw a parallel between the eighties and now when it comes to sexuality, because it was like, hey, look what we're doing, and we're not even trying to find a subtle way to tell you. It's just like, hey, look, 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 look. And it's so, it's so annoying. And it's like when you get on a lot of these current shows and stuff, it's like, oh, here's, here's the dumb guy. Look look how dumb he is. He's a dude, and he's dumb. Oh, look how strong she is. Look at the strong woman. Did you have you notice how strong our woman is? And it's just so like, uh, it's just, we always talk about bad writing, and I'm like, that's that stuff right there. Like Brandy will turn on a show, and in minutes, I'm just like checked out because like, oh, oh, look, there's a stereotypical dumb guy. There's not an ounce of masculinity on this entire program, you know. And uh, but look how strong this woman is. Like seriously, not only is she strong, Dan, but they literally told me she was strong. Like, like it was so frustrating watching The Punisher season two. I didn't finish. I couldn't finish it either because they focus so much on the sexuality of everyone 
And I'm not talking about gay, straight, you know what I'm saying, bi, furry, whatever. I'm talking about like just literal, like actual, like the uh, Billy and the um, chick that he was uh, his therapist. And then um, friggin' Frank Castle and that the other chick. It's just like, that's not, I wanted, I wanted to watch this dude rage and kill people. I'm not here for him to fall in love again. That's not what the puncher is. It's not good. And then they had that FBI detective where they kept saying, they kept, like you were talking about internal, you can read internal monologue. This part of my head earlier is like, yeah, kind of like on the Punisher, how like they couldn't just l- like let her do things to like let you wrap your attention and your trust and care on the character. It was like, dude, you're a bad A. Do you know her? Yeah, I heard she was a real bad A. Hey, Dan, she's a real like three times in this one episode. We're going to talk about how much of a bad A she is. And you know what she is? A terrible actress. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, but they were, they, they couldn't convey. What she was, as far as an archetype goes, so they just told you. It's like, hey, we're not smart enough to do this in a way that makes you think it figured out for yourself and appreciate it. So, you know what we're going to do, Dan? Hey, she's strong, by the way. Did you see how strong she was? She's real strong. Yeah, well, and, it's, a, it's a fight on reality because if they're going to show her strong, it would have to be either from a motherly instinct like, like Ripley mm-hmm. or Sarah Connor, or they'd have to do it in, in competition with men based on reality, which means you can't show physical. Uh, um, Overcoming, it had to be a different way. Like, uh, I know like Halle Berry's character was at John Wick Three. She was a highly trained assassin, awesome. and she was awesome. And she had two dogs at her side. And yeah. the, there was difference, and it shows there's a difference. Like, okay, she yes. knows jujitsu. She knows how to like subdue a man that's fifty pounds heavier than her. But you show how it works. You, she's not picking him up. <laughs> and it gives me freaking chill bumps just hearing hearing it explained because it's like yes yes like you understand that there are fundamental differences between us and yet you are smart enough to say she is so tough that not only is she tough she's smart she's agile but like she's an equal to John Wick you know or people in that universe and when when she's not equal she's got the dogs and those dogs are freaking amazing and it was just like dude how cool was that like Halle Berry's character was just like, I mean I freaking loved all those scenes with her in it Mm-hmm. And you know what they didn't tell me? Not one time, Dan? Halle Berry's strong. Did you know that, Daryl? Because you know how strong she is. She, look how strong <laughs> Halle Berry is. Because she's strong, right? Like, to me, it's just stuff like that where it's like, I, I, I like him so much. I do this at home so much, dude. Everything I like and everything back to wrestling. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Because wrestling is all about uh, stories and, and, and making you believe things. And, you know, just like, it, it, it's just, you can come away with an opinion over somebody without the outcome that you wanted, you know, like, and that's, what's so great about the storytelling and wrestling. It's like, uh, I'll use an example. Now you, you don't watch wrestling, do you? Not since the nineties. Okay. So, um, back, uh, this past Saturday, Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. There was, or was it the Saturday before? I don't even know how time works anymore, but, um, Thanksgiving weekend, there was the survivor series pay-per-view. Okay. The Miz, yeah, former reality, reality TV star turned WWE superstar. Which hey, more went up against. That guy was like already like in his almost thirties when he was a reality TV show, wasn't he? Like he really pulled yeah. through. And he's, like, not, he's not to go still off on a lo- tangent, but yeah, like yeah. I got to give props to that guy when he became a wrestler. I was like, that guy's starting late. He's starting small, and he did it. <laughs> and he, he's been a champion twice. He's been a multiple champions, but he's been the the top dog twice. He does all of this multimedia stuff. He's amazing on the mic. He looks like a million bucks, and he hasn't aged a day since Road Rules. 
Like, it's crazy. He still looks like, and he married one of the most beautiful women that ever walked in WWE. Like, it's crazy, you know, this, this chick that he married. He's got a couple kids, and he's just, he's, he's awesome. He's a movie star. He's a, he's a rock star. He's everything. So, but The Miz is notoriously a bad guy and notoriously a weasel that loses all the time. But even when he loses, he still wins because, sure, he didn't win the match, but everything said and done, he was the orchestrator behind it all. You know, you look like a million bucks, not because you beat The Miz, because The Miz made you look like a million bucks. And it's psychology and it's the writing behind the character. And so this past uh, Saturday or this this past pay per view, or they call them PLEs now, premium live events, because you don't actually pay for them anymore. It's part of the subscription. (laughs) But. So they had this match, and it's him versus this uh, European superstar named Gunther. And this dude is like <laughs> like six or seven inches taller than him, probably has maybe – he might they might be in a similar weight class. Maybe he's got 30 pounds on him. But this dude is a strong-style wrestler. He smacks dudes, and their chest whelps up and bruises instantly. And, like, they – it was a – he's a very physical wrestler. Now, you take The Miz, who's a lot of mouth – and then you put him up against this guy. Why? You know the Miz is going to lose. And he went in there and he took the chops and he chopped back and he did. He took the bumps, the hard slams, and slammed back. And at the end of the day, he lost the match. But when the pay per view, the PLE was over, you know what we talked about? Man, Miz looked awesome in there, and he made Gunther look like a million dollars. You know, and it was like. It wasn't because he got out there and said, or, you know, like, like, who, like, look how great Gunther is. Look how strong he is. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, no. They got in there. They did the thing. They told a story by their actions and by their responses and what they did. They worked the psychology of the match. And at the end of the, of the day, sure, Miz lost, but he won because he looked awesome and he made the other guy look awesome. And I say all that to say this. I tie everything in life into wrestling because there's so much psychology behind wrestling and you know it's not real, okay? So Stone Cold Steve Austin said, the only thing real on television is wrestling because you know it's fake. Everything else is trying to convince you that it's real, but it's it's really fake. You know what you're getting. We're, you know, we're just playing our parts. And so I look at it. And I look at just the psychology behind what these guys can do day in and day out, week in and week out, what these women can do day in and day out, week in and week out. And then I go and I watch a show where you got a million dollar budget, a billion dollar budget, and you got 50 people in a room sitting around a table writing this thing, and you got all of the best directors and all the best actors and actresses out there, and you come away with a subpar product. It's like because you just don't know how to tell a story. You don't know how to convince me that something is legit or real without telling me incessantly how legit or real it is. And it's boring and lame. And well, and a lot of that goes to our culture, man. Like, like the telling instead of is in telling instead of showing, but the best way to define that is it's telling versus knowing. And that goes back to our education system. It goes back to our whole world where you have an entire generation or two generations of kids that don't experience anything. They're just told. They're told everything. They spend all their life in school. They're institutionalized from 3 to 22. And, you know, you don't want sadness and trauma to happen to people. And, my God, people go through hell every day. There's people right now that you would never know that are just going through horrible things. But you have a ton of people that go into the creative fields that 
have never really talked to another person before, have never experienced a vast array of human emotions like suffering. And, and trauma and suffering are also two different things. Like there are people, like suffering is also kind of tied to this idea, you know, that you can bear it and you can get through it. It's not that you're always a victim. Trauma, the, the word trauma has always been like, oh, you're a victim. It's happening to you. You don't overcome it. And because we medicate everything, because we're such a materialist and, and intellectual society, everything's medicated instead of born. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to go off on a tangent here, but it's like, think That's of what your we do favorite here, Dan. When yeah. you and I get together, we go on tangents. We're going to tell. Like yeah. They came for they video games, and what you're learning is you're learning that you're over medicated. You haven't experienced anything. You don't know how to tell a story. That's what you come to Loot Bros Gaming Podcast to hear. Oh yeah, it's like stories are supposed to connect you to these gigantic cosmic truths that surpass humanity. They're not supposed to regurgitate a theory. And that's all we're getting is a regurgitation of theory of how we think the world works instead of actually like how it is. And you you brought the Punisher. It's such a sad thing because Punisher season one was good. And even better was was Daredevil two season two when he was fighting Daredevil. And that this the altercation with them on the rooftop when he he kind of ties mm-hmm. up Daredevil and they're fighting and the Punisher his whole thing is you know you know when I hit them they stay down, and that's the whole thing is that you got this guy he's a hundred percent convinced of this thing because of the pain he has, and he, even though he's a hundred percent convinced of it in the moment he knows it's not right he knows he's a bad person but he's but you have four different levels of contradiction all there. And I'm not going to get into, oh, you got to have anti-heroes and all that kind of gritty stuff. But it's like, no, but it doesn't matter. The Punisher's just so well-written because he has all these contradictions. Because he's always, he's a human being. He's trying mm-hmm. to figure out this whole thing instead of just regurgitating an ideology. He, he wasn't given a golden standard of a book and said, go say it. Yep. He's trying to yep. navigate the world. That's the best way. If I had to sum up the best way to write a character, have them trying to navigate the world, navigate reality, not trying to bend reality. How you write villains is you have them trying to bend reality to them. To what they want, yeah. You bend, yeah. You bend in the, yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's, that's, why awesome. Ray, that's why Ray was so bad. How did Ray beat Kylo every time? She screamed and yelled and gave an anger and frustration, and the movie never punished her for it. The, mo- the movie never said, hey, you're kind of becoming like a Sith right now when you do that. Like, Heck yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, she wasn't trying to navigate the world. She forced the world into her, which is what Sith do. They only deal in absolutes. <laughs> only them. Only them. <laughs> only them deal in absolutes. <laughs> All right. So, so we're in. We're in a. a, a the segment is technically recommendations, and we've gone off yeah, the rails. So I'm going to dial back because I don't. Recommendations, if you want. <laughs> like, well, I, uh, I'm going to throw one. Hey, I'm gonna ahead, throw one at you real first. fast. Yeah, I'm gonna throw one at you, and we can go back and forth. We don't we don't have to leave this. I just want to make sure I'm conscious of your time. Okay, we'll just we'll so, just go for four hours. Let's do it. I mean, dude, <laughs> this loop, bro. This is what we do this four hour podcast. This is man. what like, the video game guys want, right? They want me talking right. about comics. <laughs> so uh, I want to throw a recommendation out there to you and to the listeners. Okay, now you guys know I come from a background of music. Uh, Dan mm-hmm. comes from a background of music, and I found a band the other night. I was watching wrestling promos on reels. It's my new thing. They sit in bed and listen to wrestling promos for a little while. And it, you know, every now and again, uh, they'll throw an ad in there, which is a sponsored band usually because music, video games, comic books, and wrestling. That's kind of like like that's me. 
yeah. in a nutshell. And so this band popped up, and they were freaking balling. Uh, it's a band called Blue Eyed Giants. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Blue Eyed Giants? No. Sounds like some Aryan propaganda. It is most definitely uh, a propaganda. But um, they have a, a, a band uh, called, uh, excuse me, a band. They are a band. They have a song called Everyone is a Slave to Something. Nice. And I didn't mean to actually hit play on it, but I'm going to, sh- uh, you have Spotify? Because I'm going to share it to you if you have I do. Uh, well, my wife does. I use her account. That's that's um, all you need. I, I'm gonna send you the link to it. Either way, you'll have the name of the band. Uh, but they are a alternative rock band. They have. Um, they're not super heavy. Not a screaming band. So for those guys who are like, oh, it's more that deathcore bull crap. Daryl's into. No, no, no. This is just an awesome, very technically well written alt rock band. And. They have really, really cool riffs, like lots of just like little hammer-ons across the places, like and it just does this really yeah, cool stuff. Like, like but the dude's vocal range is astronomical. He just is all over the place, and it's fun. It's just good, fun music. Now, the song I sent you, Everyone is um, Addicted to Something, or a Slave to Something, rather, that one is a little less fun than some of the other ones. It's got some more melodic parts to it, but just very, very well-written music. And something that I want to do in these segments so as we throw them up there is I want to give people not only games to check out because it is at its essence a gaming podcast, uh, but things to be to listen to. We have in the Discord right now, if you go to Loot Bros Podcast Discord, guys, we have a channel for bangers. Like a little mm-hmm. little spot where we drop songs and we drop things. As a matter of fact, I need to drop this banger right there because I hadn't dropped it in there yet. And it's just cool, a cool place to discover new stuff. And I know you have a background in music and you appreciate music. And uh, and I do as well, although I'm terrible at it. But I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, We have a, a channel in there called Recommend Those Bangers. And, uh, dude, this, this friggin' song everyone's a slave to something this is cool it's a cool song and i liked it and i thought it would be something to share with everybody that is interesting at the very least so now dan i sent you a picture the other day of something i got for you and it is a ps2 copy a black label copy at that of shadow of colossus now i know you're a ps2 guy appreciate it so much dude you're good i haven't shipped it yet so don't appreciate it yet yeah uh, it'll get, I'll, I'll ship it eventually um but, but gaming-wise, where are you at? Now, I know for a little while there, you had you had bought yourself a PS2, and you were kind of getting into some of the retro mm-hmm. stuff. You're technically building a game currently right now oh, yeah. to kind of throw into the Godfo universe. Like, are you playing anything? Are you rocking anything right now? Um, I'm Right now, the main thing I'm doing is the Switch remake of Mario RPG, because that is okay. probably my favorite game from when I was a kid. Um mostly calls of the music like the aesthetics great the gameplay's great but that music that soundtrack is it's to me it's kind of like the legend of zelda ocarina of time soundtrack where it's just that good and it's not overrated like people are like Ooh, it's overrated. like no it's not like this guy this is like the this dude dropped like the john williams of video game soundtracks <laughs> so just there you go accept it um I, but yeah, mostly I'm mostly still retro I mean, i've got like a you sent me uh zone of the enders i'm still going through that I would have beat it in like a week if I didn't have children and a wife and a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Extermination, you also sent me that. I was going back through Armored Core 2. I beat that one. Mostly PS2 games. Mostly PS2. Sweet. Um, I mean, I've got like a bunch of Super Nintendo games. I was, and I broke out the, the 64. I was playing Goldeneye with a buddy that came over, which... It, Heck yeah. 
I sound, I know I sound like a like a meme. I'm so bland, but I mean, I can't keep up with modern video games. Uh, I like some of the some of the indie scene stuff. Um, but even then, like, and I saw this. I want to talk to you about this. Like, I've seen where these companies have kept kind of deleted people's accounts for what they've said or written, and like they lose access mm-hmm. to their games. I mean, I, I can't get into that dystopia, man. Like, I can write dystopia apparently, but like, I can't. I can't bring myself, and I'll, I'm gonna stop this. I'm gonna stop right here because what you guys have done and what a lot of people do is you've created a really cool community of people of gamers, and I think that's great. I think that's fantastic, but I, I have a hard time me personally owning digital things I know I don't own. Right. You know. Oh, I'm, a I'm a physical dude, dude. Forever, forever physical. physical. I mean, I yeah, own a lot, own of, digital a lot of digital stuff, stuff. Uh, but I know I that, know that is finite, temporary. One day they're gonna turn that switch off. <clears throat> you know what I won't yeah. lose. I won't lose this physical copy of Saw on Xbox 360 that I picked up today. And I've never will played you, this game. Will you lose any of your copies of Batman v Superman? No. I've got so many of them. Uh, I, I, it's so funny. I, I, I pick them up all the time. But So, uh, again, recommendation style stuff. Like, I picked this up today. I made a trade deal. I got another PlayStation Vita. That is Vita number 12. Yeah. And I got a PS3, a PS1, a stack of PS1 games, nothing great. Uh, just common sportsy, you know, cool borders and, you know, you know, mud truck and stuff like that. But this game right here, horror game I did not own, I never had, and it is freaking Saw on Xbox 360. Now, I don't prefer to play on the Xbox 360. I like to get my trophies, like to play on my PlayStation, but I'm not going to turn down a horror game. And it's stuff like this you can't buy because this is a licensed property. You can't go on the storefront right now and pick this up. Like, it's, mm-hmm. if you don't own it, it's gone. And yeah. no matter how people um, slice it, dice it, flip it, twist it, rearrange it, all that stuff. At the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't own it, it ain't yours. If you don't have it in your hand, sure. There's an argument to be made that like they can, if you're not online, you don't have the updates in the newest version or the disc is just a key to unlock the digital version. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. I get all that. But and I say this, oh my God, I wish I would have brought it up here. I got to send you a picture. Yesterday, I got a, um, have you ever heard, uh, okay, let me back up. They make these hard shell cases, right? Games, G-A-E-M-S is the company. And it's essentially kind of specialized, I guess specialized or targeted towards like people that go overseas and stuff, like military guys. They get these hard shell cases. You put your console in and it's got a monitor mounted in the case. Okay. So you can just close it like a briefcase, take it with you, open it up, plug it into the wall. Boom. You play your video games. You got your own monitor built into the case. You can travel with it. Okay. Very much centered on travel and stuff. Typically the people I see who have them served. Okay, so I'm not saying that this is a military style product, but it's definitely targeted towards people that travel and you know whatever. So, can they, um, can, they, can they design a case that makes women that are marry those guys reliable and fidelitous? No. <laughs> They're trying. That's the game 2.0. I mean, I say that with all due respect to the troops. I feel so bad. So many, so many of my friends. <laughs> You, you marry just some girl and, and they're listening. just. No, I'm just saying. Like I understand. Man. I've seen that happen to so many of my friends. Like you, yeah, those girls, yeah, it's they, a, they it's won't stay loyal. Man. It's an unfortunate thing, but I want to tell you about this real fast because I travel a decent amount. I haven't traveled as much this year. Um, thank you, Uncle Joe, for this wonderful economy. But you know, in previous years, we travel a whole bunch, and. I got this because I'm always taking a monitor. I'm always taking a console. I'm always taking all this stuff, yeah. right? And now I have this built-in setup, and I'm so freaking excited about it. But 
I'm going to tie it all full circle here, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. with the digital versus physical argument. When I go to the mountains and there's not good internets, and I go to the beach and I'm in a hotel and I don't have good internets because everybody's watching Pornhub and I'm trying to play freaking <laughs> online with my friends. <laughs> freaking, if you don't have a physical version of the game, you're not guaranteed to be able to play. Okay. And I know that there are caveats and arguments to be had, but from the PS3 down, realistically, you got a physical copy of the game and a working machine, you are in business. That is ownership, and that is an experience that you can enjoy in its purest form and in the way it was intended. So, yes, I agree with you. Modern-day gaming makes things a lot more complicated, a lot more, a lot different. I have a ton of games I, all, across all the spectrum, but I have really found my old man get-off-my-lawn position, and it is... The PSP, PS Vita, PS3, Xbox 360, Xbox, you know, that, that's the kind of, that's the era that I really love. And that's the era I collect for. And that's really where anything after that, you start running the risk of not being able to play if you don't have good internet. And if you got to trust the cloud, man, freaking yeah, Skynet. And, and the, this is getting into maybe even whining um, if I haven't insulted enough people. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is the wine cast. A lot of the, a lot of the newer ones, the wine cast. That's nice. <laughs> the uh, uh, even the new systems, and maybe this is the artist in me, or maybe it's me whining. They don't look or feel aesthetically pleasing. They feel like Apple products. They feel like this sleek, clean white thing that just sits over there, and it loads up like a computer. It's usually got like a blue background or something, and it's very very polite and clean and it's got a million different things to choose from man i, I want like a big honking dinosaur of a system like i want to I I like grab the cartridge and claw, clunk it in and and turn it in you pray to god that the red light turns on like dude <laughs> there's just something to be said about it you know and and that's the beauty about the loot bros community and to kind of pat myself on the back and toot toot is that we have gamers of all across the spectrum and all which, across which the spectrum <laughs> <laughs> I was going to there. I was making that gamers joke and spectrum do good. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We have gamers all across the spectrum, and we have gamers all across the different eras of gaming, all of the clump together. <laughs> and we're all in it for, you know, I'm saying various, you know, yeah. times, points in times. Like there's some guys in our group that like they're PC gamers, and they don't understand what it means to play real games. They don't understand what it means to own games because everything they have is. Uh, t- wrapped up in yeah, their TurboTax machine. So, <laughs> then, then you got you know, the OGs that play the old stuff like you, and that's cool. Yeah. The purists, you know, as we call them. Um, and then you got guys like me that are basically the uh, gamers of ill repute that are just all over the place, playing on all the consoles, <laughs> buying digital, buying physical. You're the Scarlet and Gamer. The Scar- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So, you know, but that's the cool thing is we can all come together and rally around this hobby, man. And I think that like, and everything we've talked about today all applies because it's like bad games are written too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and in this era we're in, like, I don't know. I don't want to complain any more than I already have, but bad games are are written now. And there's issues with freaking quality <laughs> that we're getting when it comes to do you own it is it on the disc is it just a disc with a key that to download from the cloud can you ha- access this you were talking about people getting their accounts banned and stuff like xbox terms of services but like they've got 
they've got AI in there now to to run and in, in what you're saying in the parties. Yeah, you know, they're getting to the point now where they've already they've already warned you with the new terms of service. We can ban you and your entire account if you say the naughty words. What are the naughty words, Dan? Naughty. Depends on the day. <laughs> so, but yeah, so playing old school, playing just, just offline, leave the naughty words player. in the chat for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole new meaning of putting an F in the chat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude. See, so yeah, I just, I, it's funny. Uh, I wanted to recommend that band. I've been listening to them all week, yeah. and I'm super excited about it. But then also, I wanted to show off some of my pickups. And granted, mm-hmm. this podcast is not going to be video. This is going to be audio. So, listeners, I want you to listen in. This little ASMR. That right there is a com- complete copy of Saul and Xbox One 360. It only, it only works because Daryl is a large guy with muscles. If you had done that same thing looking like me, it would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, why has Dan got a shake weight? <laughs> it's, for uh, supple, it's for my supple wrists. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, hey, Dan, I, I know only got you for five more minutes. So let's sign off. Anything else you want to throw out there into the internets and the universe that you need to get off your chesticles? Um, for my, my artist would kill me if I didn't promote the book one more time. Go to uh, Indiegogo. We'll provide the link. Um, it's a Polyon twenty XX A P O L L. Y-O-N 20XX or you can search God for Universe Indiegogo you'll find it or you'll find the link that we're about to send uh, recommendations I, I would I would be remiss if I didn't recommend the band Wolf Alice which I found by accident while I was hmm. going outside um, one time like at a coffee shop which you don't hear good music at a coffee shop that's what blew my mind uh, they have a uh, um, an album called Blue Weekend that is just absolutely fantastic um and it runs the gamut from punk all the way to kind of like Beatles-inspired, like, uh, melancholy. They have a female lead singer. I think that writes everything, and her vocals are amazing. Like, it's not overproduced crap. Like, she is really, really, really good. So, Wolf Alice, Blue Weekend. I just and I just I, uh, queued it up on Spotify. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we're that, done. The whole album is great. And I got to tell you, I have, I've always, you know, you always kind of like them because they were a meme where you laugh at their videos. Man... I defy anyone to try to sing like half of Creed songs. Like, oh, dude, I I've love gotten, Creed. I've gotten a newfound respect for Creed, particularly Scott Stapp, because I heard the song What If by accident the other day. And so I started good. listening back. I was like, man, this guy had ridiculous power in his chest. Like, that dude could sing like a boss. And that riff, dude. That thing was freaking heavy. They get a lot of hell, and I give it to them, too. I mean, if you watch their videos while you're just sitting around drinking with your buddies, you'll laugh your head off. Like, that's what I would recommend, guys. Go watch go watch Creed videos. But no, like songs like What If and all a bunch of other ones, like, you won't find a singer that can that can sing those. Like that dude, dude had a voice. I, yeah. I, I've seen Creed multiple times. I've never been. It's so funny. I listen to a bunch of their podcasts now. Yeah. That where people are going. Oh, I, I like Creed. I like Creed. Remember Creed? And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a I minute. You didn't. I've been down since day one. I've seen them multiple times live. I have been a Tremonti fan since day one. Which by the way, you have the tribal tattoo to prove it. I was like, you know how many domestic violence uh, rap sheets I got? <laughs> I've been listening to Creed and drinking Pat's Blue Ribbon since it wasn't cool. How many, uh, t- how many wife beaters you own? How <laughs> many wife beaters I've ripped? Four. Uh, but yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> dude, have you ever listened to Tremonti? Like when, whenever they yeah. broke up and then Mark Tremonti started his own band? Oh, yeah. 
Dude, he's, a, he's a phenomenal guitar player. He's really good. He's kind of a douche, but it's okay. When you good, yeah, he's at, got uh, the guitar. chops to back it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at one point in time, he was pretty swole too. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna piggyback off that with a couple recommendations in the gaming uh, sphere for you guys, and it ties into the music talk too. Because I, I, I have to when you and I talk, I gotta write down notes because I feel like I get the most ADD out of anyone I talk I'm to. I'm so you. sorry. No, no, it's great. I love it. Actually, it's kind of. Kind of euphoric, actually. I'm we just kidding. Should, we, should do, <laughs> it should we should do a four-hour four stream. Is what we should do. Well, hey, you t- just say the word. You just say the word. We'll do it. So, um, uh, the band. Excuse me. The the game I want to recommend: Silent Hill Downpour. Now, I don't know if I mentioned it last time we were talking, but I know I wrote into the Trophy Horse podcast asking if anybody played it. Mm-hmm. It's on the Xbox 360, PS3 generation. Did you ever play any Silent Hill games? Oh, yeah. I played the first two. In fact, my f- first and favorite podcast I heard of you was you and Josh comparing Resident Evil to Silent Hill. That was Silent fun. Hill almost has a mystical quality to me. It's, it's, it's how good and how scary it is. Like that, that thing traumatized me as a kid in the best way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so cool because um, I... You know, doing that with Josh really got me like wanting to go back and finish up the games I didn't finish. You know, and Downpour I've owned for years and never played. So recently I put it in. I played it. I'm almost done with it. I think it said I'm like seventy ish percent done. You have to pay for the rest of it. <laughs> you have to download <laughs> yeah, this the is rest. Pre, of it. <laughs> this is this is OG with a free pre micro transaction stuff, but. I'm about 70% done with it. I'm knocking out some of the side missions right now just because like they're kind of interesting. It's kind of cool what they're doing. The game plays like teetotal trash, like hot garbage. So it's a little jank. It's a little funky to play through. There's a lot of stutter. I even had some crashes on there. Uh, it might run better on Xbox 360. I don't know. But I'm playing on PS3, and it's very interesting. But the thing that I wanted to bring up about it, is it worth playing? It's probably like a 6 or a 7, 6.5 or something like that. But the thing that's interesting is Corn did the intro song <laughs> and it's corn when brian welch left and it was just monkey yeah. and the song is good but bad yeah like it's got some cool riffs you know what i'm saying i think and I think the, you just described corn in general the, <laughs> the main hook is pretty good but it's like kind of bad and I kind of like it. So, like, so, like I was telling my just, wife, is it just like, beatboxing the whole time? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It doesn't have the rat scat kind of stuff going on. But it's like, uh, I don't know. It's good, and it fits the theme. It fits the Silent yeah. Hill because the music is kind of empty, but yet when it's yeah. there, it's a little oh, eerie. As a segue, we have to do a podcast. You, Josh, and I talking about the early two thousands aesthetic from the music. To the anime, to the movies, everything. You know what? As soon as I say early two thousands aesthetic, you know what I mean? Green and black. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just to say, wait, hundred percent. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, dude. So I've been playing this. I've been playing this game. It's good. Do I recommend it for everybody? No. If you're a Silent Hill fan, you have to. If you're a survival horror fan, it's got some good jump scares in it. It's a pretty decent game too. It's got the best combat of all the Silent Hills by bar none. It's like because this guy, his story is really cool too. The game plays bad, but a lot of the other elements are really good. But that's kind of Silent Hill in general, you know. Um, the game plays the game play is better in this one than the others. The game runs bad, I guess is the best way to put it, um, because a lot of them play kind of bad, but on purpose. Like you're just fumbling around trying to find Cheryl, you know. Um, but I'm playing it, and then but every time I turn it on, I let the the theme song play, and it's a song by Corn. 
It's technically, I guess it's technically probably just John the Davis. I don't remember. It might have just been him, but it's you definitely need, corn yeah. stuff. You need just, to check out a game for the PS2. It's unbelievably hard to find now. I lent it to a guy. I never got it back, and I'm kicking myself because it goes for like 100 bucks a copy. It's called Rule of Rose. No, it's $800 a copy now. Is that what it is? Yes. I had I had, I had the beautiful white cover with the red. It's uh, so janky, but it's, it's like Silent Hill. It makes you feel so uncomfortable mm-hmm. the whole game. But yeah, like if you ever get your hands on that, you should do a review of Rule of Rose. 100%. That's a grail game I'm after because it's I actually, I'm actually going on a, on a podcast tomorrow night as the time we're recording this. So this podcast will go live before this other one does. Yeah. But I had a deal set up to get a copy of Rule of Rose and Haunting Ground recently, and the deal fell through. And we're going to talk about that. That's going to be one of the segments on the show. But I was invited on a PlayStation Collector, or excuse me, PlayStation Ain't Dead podcast to talk about PlayStation collecting and this particular story. So it's really funny you bring up Rule of Rose because I'm getting ready to get real salty. On it. But yeah, I've never had, it. I've never owned that game. It's never been in my hands. It's never been in my possession. And I, that's one of those that. Like mean, they sold comps on it are seven and eight hundred dollars right now. It's not one to play around kids, not even for the gore. It's just got some. It's got some anime stuff in it. That's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> it's got the anime stuff you're right about. <laughs> ah, hey, well, you know what? It's funny you mention that because I started playing one of the Fatal Frame games with my daughter yeah. the other day. And it's got a lot of the that's anime a funny stuff sentence. in that. That's a and funny like, sentence. Like, <laughs> my, my daughter the other day. <laughs> we, had Marilyn Man- we had Marilyn Manson on the background. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so we did this thing, right? So we watched. Uh, I know you got to go, so I'm going to end it with this. Um, we did this thing where uh, over Thanksgiving break, we watched a bunch of movies. I had to do all my continuing education and certification stuff for work. So I had... <laughs> 10 12 hours of that but like it yeah. just because it's 10 or 12 hours timed doesn't mean you're going to get it done that fast it means you're yeah. it's probably going to be 15 to 20 hours which is what essentially what it ended up being so they're all behind me in the recliners i got a movie going and i'm just sitting there doing my ct <laughs> and or my ce rather and um <laughs> my multiple concussion test <laughs> i got my doing my ct <laughs> yep still concussed. you just hit, you just hit um, yourself in the head <laughs> for 15 hours. Yep. <laughs> I still feel it. But uh but we so we we watched um The Grudge. We watched The Ring. We watched Rain of Fire, which is awesome. Oh, I love Rain of Fire. You lead. I'll yeah. follow. Um uh so we watched that. We watched uh, The Forest, which is really good. Um mm-hmm. that's the where that chick goes through the Japanese suicide forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. And her twin sister comes after. Her. You you haven't seen it yet? <laughs> no. Okay, you gotta watch it. I'll, I might actually send it to you. I might whenever right. I send you that. Um, do you know what I need to do? And I did. I did this for for um, Josh. I gave. I, I share hint with him my digital library, my Voodoo yeah. uh, movies anywhere stuff, whatever. Nice. I need to yeah. share that with you too because I got. I buy all these buy movies and get all this stuff and whatever, and I always check the the digital codes if they work. I'm like, boom, we got like 400 movies in our digital library just for <laughs> whatever. So, anyways, but yeah, the forest. Gotta check it out. It's really good, but we watched a whole bunch of these horror movies that are like kind of skirt the line of what's appropriate for 11 and 13 year old kids. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, we're not going to have bad dreams. We're not going to have bad dreams. Night one, no bad dreams. Night two, my daughter's in the bed. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Go in the I'm forest. not scared. I just want to sleep in y'all's room. Like, no, you haven't slept in our room since you were eight months old. Get out of here. <laughs> my, luckily, mine is still just watching like. The Aristocats and My Neighbor Totoro. So 
that's where we're at with that. <laughs> Dude, it was so funny because we watched the ring, right? And the ring's not it's not terrible. A couple cuss words here and there. A little a yeah, lot of, a lot of... S- we'll see what the long term damage I did to my kids. <laughs> But hey, I was at 11 years old. I was playing Resident Evil. I was consuming all the zombie movies. I was watching Interview with the Vampires. You know what that means. And now you're I've talking seen... to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the future. This is what, this is what you got to look forward to. Um, so yeah, I turned out fine, right? <laughs> got to get my CT Doing my CT kit test. <laughs> Anyways, watched a bunch of horror movies this weekend. And so we followed up with, let's play a game that's also horror. And I was like, you know what? I got my PS3 over here. I got the first three Fatal Frame games downloaded. I'm like, you know, I've never played Fatal Frame 3. Let's try it. And we open it up. And it's it's a little spooky. It's kind of cool. It's whatever. But like, I'm like, dang, why does everybody's titties hanging out? (laughs) (laughs) And a thing at Japan. (laughs) Like, they got, like oh, wait, 12. I forgot. This is pre-women's rights. That's why this is... This was pre-women's rights. Did they have no that? Sense. I don't think they had that in Japan. <laughs> see, see, it still counts as pre-women's that's, that's one of my favorite stupid jokes. It's like, yeah, back when men were men and women were property. <laughs> Anytime you refer to the past. Oh, my gosh. I've been watching this uh, this channel. On on Facebook Reels, uh, it's these dudes that it's called Doc Talk or Doc mm-hmm. yeah Doc Talk. So it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around on a dock and they tell dad jokes at each other and they drink coffee. And oh my gosh, dude, there was this one uh, this one joke he, he made. It was so funny because I sat down in my recliner like last night. And immediately my wife's like, don't get comfortable. It's almost time to put the kids to bed. And I was like, you've been sitting here for this whole time. While I've been doing dishes yeah. and making sure the kids were all fed. And so I played the thing for her. I was like, it said, uh, and the guy was like, I've had a rough time getting my wife's attention lately. So I sat down on the couch and relaxed. That did the trick. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> <laughs> my like, wife will my, my wife will just dead straight say I don't like your jokes and just <laughs> just walk away. Just say, I don't like your jokes. I'm like, it's not a joke. <laughs> I was raising a grievance. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, my favorite uh, my favorite joke with my wife with that is I won an argument. We were laying in bed and she had done something and I was right about it. And we went back and forth and she said, "Fine, I'm sorry." And I rolled over to go to sleep, and it's like two minutes go by, and she just, she rolls over and she goes, "Is there anything you want to apologize for?" <laughs> I'm sure you could tell me, <laughs> dude. My wife, we were going at it one time, and she apologized, and I was like, ah, "What? What? <laughs> just like I do that all the time. Like, oh, that's the big one. Oh, 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 that's the one. I always <laughs> joke." And grab my heart. I'm like, oh, that's it's all one. those CT tests. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I give her a hard time. It's fun. I, I tried to stay away from the uh, belittling the wife jokes because she's so much smarter than me and makes so much more money than me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> mine will just stab me, <laughs> dude. My mine used to. God, dog, man. Uh, but yeah, so I don't I don't remember where we were at. But yeah, uh, Jonathan Davis, corn, Silent Hill downpour. Do it. Yeah, I might just right, be Mike. blasting you the rest of the day with links of things that I'm thinking about because that song is, that song is good, bad, good, bad, but it's bad, yeah. good. 
They, it's oh no, I listened to the tattoo album, the old thing she said. You remember that song from the early two thousands? <laughs> <laughs> I have that album. And I love it because it's good bad. <laughs> Dude, okay. Speaking of good bad, I I went to a pawn shop the other day, right, and was trying to negotiate some video game deals for a video. <laughs> And this dude, I feel like I had to buy something in there because the guy was like, yeah, I got like a stack of 40 DS games. And he's like, I told a dude that I would sell them to him today. If he doesn't come out today, I'll just give you a call. So I left my card. And I'm just standing there talking with him. And I see this right here. This is a, it's a rap rock band from 2000 called Trick Turner. Like, okay. And they have a song called Friends and Family. It's It's really... I like it. I've, ne- I've never heard of them. I-, I like how they use the Lincoln Park font, though. Yeah, well, this was that same era, but <laughs> Trick yeah. Turner. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, the Ted Turner. But it's uh, dude. I I bought it for a dollar, and I was like, this is good bad. Like it's mm-hmm. these guys rap and do like stuff, but they're they're also of some sort of Hispanic dissension, and they seem dissension. very. They seem very, like, they got an image to them. It's like, ah, and then they do some of this stuff. I'm like, okay, I like it. (laughs) And then they got one dude that kind of does the more softer, cleaner stuff. One guy does the more raspier rap stuff. I'm like, nice. This is a product of his time. And I love Does he have good flow, at least? Like, legit, does he have good flow? I like it, yeah. 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 Um, There's a whole song about how much they hate their dad. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So, but this is the era of, like, one-hit wonders, too. So, there's, like, two songs there that's worth it. Track nine, track ten, track MS thirteen, <laughs> track three, always track three. Mid, late nineties, early two thousands, always track three. That was the single. Yep. <laughs> you had to go through two to get there. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna send you. Yeah, send me everything, man. I'm always my brain is like ADD, but I never get diagnosed with it. Like I'll I'll consume all the media at once. Why not? Gosh, I'm over here like laughing and snotting all over the place. Great audio. <laughs> like is he on drugs man who cares they want to listen to something like they want to listen to like something polished they can go to like some jerk on youtube yeah yeah that's where they pays people to polish this junk yeah npr still around the quiet talking people yeah i know right uh so funny all right i just sent you that song i was telling you about i just sent you um the uh Trick Turner song, and I'm going to send you next the uh, Silent Hill Downpour theme song. So, but all right, Dan, it has been awesome talking with you guys. Stay tuned. I'm going to add some more stuff to the end of the show. A couple shout outs to some boys across the pond. So thank you so much, Dan, for coming on. Be sure to check out guys Indiegogo, Godfo. We'll put the links in the description. Uh, Dan will be around in the Discord, and he will be in the Facebook group. Give him some love. Send him pictures of yeah. your middle finger. Tell me how awful I am. It's great. Well, I mean, <laughs> t- tell him tell him how, how tough you are by writing it, not by showing yeah, there it. There you go. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dan, so much for your time, brother, and hopefully I'll catch you again very soon. <laughs>